If you spend any time on the internet or social media these days, you will know that a lot of people are really obsessed with the fact that international pop star Taylor Swift is currently dating Travis Kelsey, tight end for the defending Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now let's imagine for a moment that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey do end up getting engaged. And a couple days later, I want you to imagine this, imagine that when you go to check your mailbox, you are shocked to discover inside a big, fancy invitation. T-Swift and Travis Kelsey want you at their wedding. Now let me ask you, would you for one single second think of turning that down? Would you casually throw that fancy invitation into the trash and refuse to go to that party? Of course not. In fact, I bet that there wouldn't be anything on the face of the earth that could prevent any one of us from going to that wedding. What a privilege to be invited, to be at the celebrity event of our entire generation. What a shocking yet pleasant surprise. What a gift. Well, God's invitation is infinitely better, infinitely more valuable than anything like that. In the parable Jesus shares with us this weekend, we hear that the, the king is throwing his son, the prince, a spectacular, massive, once-in-a-lifetime wedding banquet. This is the happiest day of the father's life. All of the arrangements have been made. Everything is ready. He has worked so hard to make this the most beautiful, the most extravagant wedding imaginable. The invitations are all sent out. And now the king eagerly awaits the guests who have been summoned. Come and celebrate with me. The only problem is nobody seems to care. They refuse to come, we hear. Apparently this magnificent event, the happiest day of this father's life, is totally irrelevant to them. They are uninterested, unenthused. They don't want to be there. As Jesus once lamented elsewhere in the Gospels, you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Their refusal is supposed to be completely and totally unimaginable to us, absurd even. How could anyone decline an invitation to such an event? And yet, if we're really honest with ourselves, don't we basically do the same thing? Don't we refuse God in a million little ways each and every day? I know when I look at my own heart, I see how casually I turn down the Lord, refuse so many of his persistent, loving invitations to grow closer to him, to go deeper. I will share a very simple personal example from my own life. So, like many people, I need coffee in the morning. My daily routine is to wake up, brew a cup of coffee, and then go pray in the rectory chapel for about an hour. I pray the liturgy of the hours, and then I spend some quiet time with the Lord while enjoying my cup of coffee, okay? Well, recently, my Keurig broke, and so it became much more difficult and inconvenient to get coffee immediately when I woke up. But instead of getting up 
and praying my holy hour in the chapel, as I normally would, without coffee, I opted instead to go way out of my way, break my ordinary routine, drive all the way over to Panera, as soon as it opened, just to get that, that coveted, strictly necessary, absolutely imperative, non-negotiable cup of coffee. Jesus in the tabernacle, meanwhile, was all alone in the rectory chapel. Now, in my defense, I did pray at Panera, but my point is this. <laughs> I didn't know this homily was as funny as this. Wow. This is great. Thank you, Lord. With everything going on in the world, we need, we need, we need some lightheartedness too, right? It's painful. It's painful. It's horrible. But we, we turn to the Lord with, with joy in our hearts. But why, why, why am I saying this? Well, why was I so willing to disrupt the most important part of my daily routine, spending time with Jesus in the rectory chapel for just a cup of coffee? Why did I essentially choose coffee over Jesus? Why was I willing to negotiate with and even snub my time before the Blessed Sacrament, but so unwilling to alter my caffeine intake? That's absurd. Frankly, that is unacceptable. And yet, aren't we willing to bend over backwards for all sorts of things? For friends and for family, for our kids' education, for our entertainment, for sports, for doctor's appointments, for our own personal desires. We're ready to flip the whole world upside down and sacrifice just about anything for things like that. Things that we really love and value. Things that are good. Things that we prioritize. But we then tend to so easily shrug off God. I'm sure he'll understand, we say. It's okay if I don't pray today. It won't hurt if I just miss this one holy day of obligation. We're on vacation. The Lord will understand if we miss this one Sunday Mass. A great C.S. Lewis quote comes to mind here. He said this, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be he says, is moderately important. We can't afford to shrug off or ignore the Lord's invitation. It's just too important. It's too eternally important. What God is preparing for us is just too good for us to brush off as irrelevant or unimportant to our current plans and ideas. As the first reading described it, the Lord will provide for all peoples a feast of rich, good, and choice wines, juicy, rich food, and pure, choice wines. My cup overflows, Psalm 23 said this morning. The cup of the Lord is not half full, and it is not half empty either. It is overflowing. But what exactly, what exactly are we being invited to? Because that's, I mean, that's cool to think about this big feast, but what are we being invited to really? Spiritual marriage spiritual marriage. We are each being invited to have a perfect, intimate, spiritual union with God. Consider Jesus's parable for just a moment. If the king in the parable is God the Father, and the bridegroom is Jesus, God's Son, then we should ask, well, wait, who's the bride? Where is the bride in this parable? The short answer is, us. We are the bride. Each of us 
and all of us together as a body of believers. The church is the bride of Christ. This truth has deep biblical roots. There are countless nuptial images all throughout the sacred scriptures, showing God's love to be compared to that of a faithful husband wooing his bride, even while the bride rejects and refuses him over and over and over in various ways throughout their, their journey. The prophet Isaiah goes so far as to say, for as a young man marries a virgin, your builder shall marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices in his bride, so shall your God rejoice in you. St. Teresa of Avila, whose feast day would be today, October 15th, if it wasn't a Sunday, wrote a lot about this spiritual marriage, this nuptial union that we are called to enjoy with God forever. In the spiritual marriage, she writes, the union is like what we have when rain falls from the sky into a river. All is water. For the rain that fell from heaven cannot be divided or separated from the water of the river. That's really beautiful, isn't it? The intimacy that we are invited to have with God will be so close and so inseparable that it can be compared even to rain falling into and being united with the water of a river. We will enjoy the, perfect, the perfection of this intimacy only when we get to heaven but we can get a taste of it today, in just a few minutes actually, on this altar right in front of us. Each and every Sunday, we come to this sacrificial banquet of the Holy Eucharist, the Lord's body and blood, crucified and risen, and we participate even now in a veiled and hidden way in the infinite, unending spiritual marriage. At every single Mass, we hear those beautiful words, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Blessed, happy, ecstatic, grateful, overjoyed, mind blown. Blessed are those invited and called to participate in the great eternal wedding feast, the never-ending, never-boring party of heaven, the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's Jesus himself inviting you to receive all joy. In that broken host, in that little tiny circle of white, God is saying to all of us, everything's ready. Come to the feast. And so when we receive the Holy Eucharist, we are united with Jesus, the bridegroom. We become one flesh with him. There is no separation now between us and him. It's like, it's like rain coming down and falling into a river. And here's the really incredible thing. Everyone is invited to this supper of the Lamb. As Jesus tells us in the parable, the king instructed his servants, go out therefore into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. And so the servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. God's love overflows so much that after the refusal of those initially invited to the party, he generously throws open the doors to the entire world. All of the riffraff, all the unwanted and the outcasts, the marginalized, the broken, they are now the honored guests of his son's marriage banquet. And, now, and on an even deeper level, they become the bride, the church. 
Jesus came to call sinners. We all know that. But to do what? To be with him. To be united with him. To be wedded to him. Come to me, all of you, and I will give you rest. I will give you the union that you thirst for. The perfect satisfaction that you yearn for. I will give you my own body and blood. My own soul and divinity. Our responsibility, therefore, and I'll end with this, our responsibility is to be attentive and actively receptive to God's grace here at this feast. Our responsibility is to refuse him nothing. As we learned at the conclusion of Jesus's parable today, it's apparently not enough simply to arrive at the marriage banquet, right? It's not sufficient just to show up physically, right? We need to be wearing the proper wedding garment as well, which is to say we need the right dispositions. We need that openness and purity of heart, a willingness to be transformed and converted. None of us have earned our way into the church. None of us are worthy of the insane generosity of God to be invited to the spiritual marriage. In fact, right after those words that we say, right, blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb, what do we say? Lord, I am not worthy. I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. So clothed with that humility and with that desire to please God in all things, with an active heart, a contrite heart, with eagerness to do good and avoid evil, we boldly enter the wedding banquet. We enter into union with our beloved. Don't ever refuse him. Don't ever turn him down.